Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swafter Nation. Hello to you, Oliver Davis. Boy, it's actually nice to be doing an introduction that people will hear. Yeah, so we forgot to do Saturday's one, which was last Saturday's. And then we did do Monday one. Mon- Monday one. Monday one. Stuff bad. Uh, Monday's one, where we talked about missing Saturday's one and then recorded over the rushes. Well, yeah, you say recorded over the rushes. We did do that. But more importantly, I thought they were on a different card mm. and I took that card home therefore leaving the actual rushes here and i thought about do i delay the podcast by a day and i thought no the swap nation needs to hear our thoughts on clash of champions so i needed to get it up there and then as my wife might say and so i had to i recorded a little thing in my uh bedroom i shut the door my wife was uh, preparing us some food she was like i'm gonna dish up in 30 seconds i was like it's all i need so i quickly ran into the room and i was like yeah sorry uh here's the show that's amazingly succinct for you. I thought if someone says, you've got 30 seconds, cool, that's all I need. <laughs> An hour and a half later, after rebooking the invasion angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was trying to take the heat off you, man. Well, that's I, why I, I know, said... but I'd already admitted oh, in the okay. other episode what oh, happened, so there was no need to hide my shame. Well, that means, though, that we have to relive the one-star review, <laughs> which, we talk, we, which we talked about on the last one. But uh, now we've got to do it all again. Cheers, Luke. Yeah, sorry. It had to be that one as well, didn't it? First up from Adam Cran. We're saying his name because he left a five-star review. One of, if not the, best out there. I had stopped watching wrestling for a while. Then I came across these guys and they got me back into it. The banter between Luke and Ollie is absolutely... Glorious! I'm sorry. If you want a wrestling podcast that's both funny and interesting, this is the one for you. Adam Cran. That's a very, very good that's a very good review. Thank you very much, Adam Cran. Not thank you to the next person who we will not read the name out of because they've given us a one star review. A one star review. Uh, but so uh, because they critiqued our podcast, we thought we'd critique their review. <laughs> 
they write, The repetition is annoying. Not a bad podcast when they stick to topic, but what I've noticed is a weird obsession that has these two men telling us they have girlfriends four or five times a show. While this is very normal for men to have girlfriends, it was pointed out to me that when you want to lie to be believed, you try to repeatedly get your point across so that it seems visible. It's an enjoyable podcast, but the... the Sorry, this is there's no punctuation and a lot of the words are wrong. Yeah, I was going to uh, say I like before it was um it is was pointed out. Yes. But the odd I've got a girlfriend reference every 5 minutes is off slightly off-putting, almost like the BMW driver that has to let everyone know by knowing a BMW hat, drinking coffee out of a BMW cup while he zips up his BMW jacket because he's wearing a BMW shirt and it's just got cold. Boo. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've actually got my girlfriend jacket on oh, right now. Yeah. I've got my sipping uh, coffee out of my I've got a girlfriend mug. <laughs> I like that. We should have got, um, if we'd have had this review earlier in the year, I mm. probably would have sorted that out for a Christmas present uh, when we do the Christmas oh, episode. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are absolutely right there. Um, this, this review, um, Sometimes you do just make up lies, not you in particular, but people may make up lies and then just have to repeat them over and over again until people really believe it, which is exactly what I did when I married my wife. It's weird how both... So we've only ever had... (coughs) Excuse me, sorry. Only ever had one one one-star review before. And their big problem was you going on about your wedding all the time. Going on about the bloody wedding all the time. I mean, the, the thing is, because we share a lot of our real lives with you as opposed to just wrestling, that a lot of our real lives are taken up by the people we spend <laughs> half our lives with, which yeah. is which is our significant others, our lady partners. Mm. So, uh, yeah, but but yeah, that's the thing that gets people's goats. Don't really, want to hear about the lady partners. That's a very interesting point. I don't really thought about that. Mm. My time really is split between you and my wife. Like you are the only people I really see, mm. apart mm. from when I, I I occasionally see my friends. Um, outside of Adam, outside of my work thing. Same, yeah, so, yeah same. crazy, it's, it's depressing. I mean, yeah, it's it's good, it's crazy, it's good. Uh, yeah, so I, well, I, I don't know how to troll them. I, mean, I guess well, we, I, mean, we I don't did. want to talk about it more, but maybe one day we'll just drop a podcast that's just the lady partners reviewing an episode of <coughs> Raw or SmackDown. That would be great. I think if you and I are off for a week or whatever that would be an excellent replacement it's a, a completely blind person not blind in that sense but mm. someone who doesn't know a, a thing one about resting all the storylines and asking them to review raw and smackdown from that week which what, what a good segue to get into our very idiotic review of said shows well we're gonna tell you to buy a t-shirt which you should do because they're very cool i know i'm not wearing mine currently mm. that's because i'm feeling far too festive uh, but you should definitely buy a T-shirt. What I was surprised about is how much stronger I feel with the T-shirt on. I, I went down to the gym and I could bench press over 4,000 times more weight. I mean, that just makes yeah. so much sense. And actually, because I'm not wearing my T-shirt, I just feel actually kind of weak mm. and lethargic and actually generally a bit rubbish. And it's just because I've got the, the Christmas spirit inside me that I'm actually... I, I've st- I'm, sc- I, I'm still going but without it without this jumper pff, I'm not sure I'd be here right now yeah I uh, I only actually slept for three minutes last night 
in this t-shirt and it gave me more rest than the whole of 2017 sleep combined. It's, it really is a, 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 mid, a medical marvel and a real style statement as well. This white and black version here mm. uh, sort of mirrors the Wham Choose Life <laughs> design, I think. Yeah. And it, that's trendy. It, well, absolutely. I mean, what's more trendy in 2018 than Wham? Well, you say that, but that was all around Glastonbury in 2017, so it is it is quite trendy. Oh, so it's trendy. Oh, have you know? So it's trendy amongst tossers, then. Don't insult my people like that. Uh, yes. So uh, before we get into the actual reviews, we're just going to go through some so a great balls of botch housekeeping, I hmm. suppose. Yeah. And that is that over the Christmas period, which is <coughs> excuse me from Christmas Day through to New Year's Day. We, we won't be here, but we've made loads of awesome stuff to go up, like top 10s of 2017, top 10s for 2018, little few treats in there, some jokey, fun comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we, we hope it's comedic. And uh, lots and lots of wrestle rambles. Yeah, we've got wrestle rambles of your predictions for 2018 that we asked you on Twitter and Facebook to give us. Also, your favourite moments of... Twen- uh, did I say 2017 predictions? Your 2018 yes. predictions. Um, uh, your favourite moments from 2017 and your worst moments from 2017. We put those up on Twitter and Facebook and you responded in your hundreds and we've read m- most of those out mm. uh, on those videos. And those will be going up <laughs> next week. Excuse yeah. you. Yeah, so don't, uh, don't worry... We'll still have at least two videos a day going up. We have been making so much content it's over the last such fortnight a period. Busy week. It's been a busy week, but hopefully uh, it's it's worth it. And absolutely, also yeah. on Sunday, one of those bits is the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking <coughs> about uh, this last week. We're going to be doing the um, uh, drinking chili uh, hot sauce while reading out mean tweets I think that's the uh, the idea it's combined, it's combined stipulations yep um, because we're not going to do the cinnamon challenge I knew when uh, Monday's Wrestle Ramble video went live because all of a sudden I got about 40 messages from people sending me the cinnamon challenge that I did roughly like 8 or 9 years ago uh, in my friend's bedroom mm. and that was quite a blast from the past because I haven't seen the video in many a did year did you watch it? I did re-watch it yeah I watched it I've never seen it <laughs> me and my lady partner laughed at you not with <laughs> yeah. we were definitely laughing at you I would laugh at me as well because mm. like, I, l- I look ridiculous as well because yeah. I, d- I don't have much of a hairstyle I'm completely clean shaven I was very unwell so I'm, I was very very thin um, and I was wearing a shirt that because I just finished work and I'd gone to his house then suddenly realised oh, I can't mess up this shirt because I think I need to wear this shirt mm. tomorrow as well uh, so I had to take it off and then I suddenly realised, like, wow, there's actually quite a few of these uh, podcast videos that are up here. I don't know what any of these are like. And then I suddenly thought, like, man, I'm kind of lucky a little bit because I recorded so much of my teenage years. Like, me and my friends just dicking around. We recorded so much stuff of us just pulling stunts and um, just hitting each other and jumping off things, jumping into things, jumping out of various things. Um, and, yeah, thankfully... That's all gone to um, time. Like I, I have those memories, but all the video footage of that is no longer with us. At least I don't know where it is. You're forgetting the cloud. The evil cloud never forgets. Well, the, you see, the thing is, this was well before the cloud was a thing. <laughs> the cloud goes back. The cloud works <laughs> in mysterious ways. I uh, spent 
There's a reason why I didn't do very well at my A-levels mm. and my GCSEs while I was at school because, A, I was bunking off a lot because I could go and do these sorts of stunt videos. Don't do that, Don't kids. do that, kids. Stay I'm, in I'm, school. I'm a, I'm a terrible example for this. But also, I actually spent a lot of my time editing together this film of all of the stuff that we had done over the years. It ran for about an hour and a half. And um, uh, we held a screening of it in uh, one of our media classes. And it was, I mean, it was hilarious because yeah. it was me getting hit a lot. It was me getting like my back um, is like read. I've got loads of scars on my back from my various really? um, escapades. Um, uh, there's a bit of a, I, I, I used to have like a bit of a scar up here from when I um, fell off a on skateboard. On the other side? I think it was on the other side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a little little tiny yeah, dent there. That's right. I fell off a skateboard because um, my eyes stood on the skateboard and my friend pushed me at full pelt into a ladder. So I went poof, and flew off and then I just face planted the floor. So was this from wrestling <coughs> inspiration or was this from. Uh... From like jackass, very, the, the latter of mm. the two, very much so. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was a, a reckless, reckless youth, and um, I don't want to be like the cool kids. So like, we were doing it before um, jackass, but we used to film ourselves. But, but well, no, but we used to film ourselves doing a lot of stupid, um, goofy stuff. But when jackass came out, that was when we were like, oh, maybe we can like edit this together, mm. and like maybe we can put this to something. Maybe, maybe we can... there's a business model in. Well, this. I thought I was like, like, maybe we can put this to music. Mm. Like we've there's editing software. I got a free one with this uh, this new camera that I've just bought. Maybe we could do something. And then we went through and digitized all of our um, VHS stuff that we'd recorded. So, yeah, I mean, but all of that stuff is unfortunately lost to time. The SWAF Nation are going to go out and find it. There was, it's not there. It's not around. Oh, they're, they're, and the cloud. <laughs> you, you reckon you are bigger than the cloud and the SWAF Nation I, combined. I might, I'm going to go out and I'm going to Google, because I know exactly what to search for, mm. um, of the only things that I think that's definitely not on YouTube. Because we, we did all this stuff before YouTube was a thing. So it's definitely not on there. Maybe we loaded it to, like, there's old video sh- like video hosting sites. I don't even think we put anything up on there. I don't know. Well, let's well, see. Well. You've got one more bit of techno team. Uh, yes. For so, great balls uh, of botch. Yeah, so I thought, because there was a lad at uh, Clash of Champions who was holding up signs that for, like, uh, Baron Corbin is the Atari Jag- uh, Jaguar of the of SmackDown Live, which I thought was very funny. And he had one about now very you're playing. Very specific. Very specific. Now you're playing with power. Jokes. And then he held up one that I thought said um, techno team 2000. And I thought it was a reference to Tecmo Bowl because all of his other stuff's been video game references. Mm. However, as many people pointed out, and I incorrectly read the sign, it was a reference to the Techno Team 2000, a jobber team from the 1990s. You're fired. Oh, right. You can't get away with that stuff. No, no. No. But that's why we have Great Balls of Bodge. And as some people have pointed out to me, Ghost Pepper is not the hottest chili. Uh, The Carolina Reaper is. (laughs) Ha ha, it's a raw review looking jacked, man. This week's raw opened with an underwhelming... Uh, Universal title announcement, which was Kurt Angle came out, he did his usual recap shenanigans, and then Braun Strowman came out, and then Kane came out. Of course, they fought to a no contest the previous week, and uh, then Brock Lesnar came out. I liked how Kurt ran away and made his announcement real quick. That was the one thing I did like, yeah. It's going to be a triple threat. And then jumped out, Scurries away. I did like that. And then they all brawled, and Brock Lesnar stood tall. And it's not really a match anyone is excited about absolutely not Mm. no this is but you know this was vince mcmahon's quest because we're putting roman over strong at wrestlemania 34 and the the way to really achieve that is for brock to beat monsters so you can't go from beating samoa joe braun Strowman, and well just those two and then facing teeny weeny finn balor Mm. so yeah it's gotta be kane it's that's gotta be kane 
So you have to have Kane in there so that he can squash more monsters before Roman beats him. That there's, it's, it's a shame because there's a nice little narrative here about Brock Lesnar ending Undertaker's streak. I would have liked Kane to sort of express a badass character motivation that way. But that's that, you, Kane doesn't have character. Let's be, let's be honest, they don't want Kane to have no. a character. His character is, I'm a monster. Yes. And that's me. Eviscerate. Yeah, I'm a monster. I'm not really doing my possible mayor, mayor duties at the moment because I'm constantly travelling for WWE. Mm. And I am a monster. I, I, I think I heard Corey Graves on SmackDown say that someone got eviscerated by like an uppercut in the corner. Wow. And I was like, that is not the right way to use eviscerate. No. I expect flames and red blood, viscous liquid, all that sort of stuff. Yes. But yeah, this was uh, disappointing. Mm. Um, but we all knew it was going to happen. Everyone sort of figured out it was going to be Braun Strowman Kane. Uh, and it's it's quite transparent, even with the Dolph Ziggler stuff at Clash of Champions. And maybe that was done just to throw you off the scent a little bit, like they did uh, by letting Rich Swan win in his hometown mm. just before Sasha Banks, I believe, had a defence in her hometown and she had to lose. Uh, oh, no, it was Randy Orton. That was it, going uh, in St. Louis. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's quite obvious Kane's going to... Eat the pin. Sorry, yeah, St. Louis. St. <laughs> <Saint> Louis. <coughs> My mate, St. Louis. Mm. But uh, it's just, it's a real shame considering what we could have had. Yes. And that is Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. But it's the Rumble. You don't really need to build up Brock again at the Rumble because everyone's going to watch the Rumble match, the over-the-top elimination match. That's why you put on stupid main events for for the Royal Rumble. I completely agree, but there are some people who are very, very, very defensive about championship matches should always mean something. There was because I when they had that last week, mm. I said like, "Oh, I hope it's Kane rather than it be Braun Strowman because I don't want to see Brock beat Braun again and actually <laughs> be the worst thing for Brock." And I said, "And actually, because it's the Royal Rumble, it doesn't matter." I had quite a few very angry people mm. get in touch with me to say like, "A championship match should always matter." I'm like, it's not the selling point in the pay-per-view. That's why there was a lot of people on my Clash of Champions review who were very, um, got a bit narky because I said that um, the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tag match should have main evented because it was the bigger match. It was the match that people were actually going there to see. <laughs> Whereas everyone argued that oh, it's Clash of Champions, mm. the champion should go on last. In a perfect world, every match should mean something. Uh, championship matches should mean something for the belt. Other matches should mean something for either the number one contendership for that belt or a blood feud. Uh, but then, yeah, they don't seem to be going either way. The the answer to that is, I can't remember which, was it 2012, where CM Punk and The Rock main evented mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble that year with the championship match there. I thought, you know, and I thought <coughs> very well deserved. And that was a huge selling point of it. Yeah, well, well it was The Rock. It was mm. The Rock going for the WWE Championship, and he's a bigger star than The Rumble. And you could argue that John Cena and AJ Styles was a big draw going into the Royal Rumble uh, the 2017. Ah, yeah, but you had that big star-studded rumble <coughs> with The Undertaker and Goldberg yeah. and Lesnar and Roman Reigns. But I, it's just... I just feel... And I think we all agree that Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor, it could have really helped carry Finn's over-momentum after the AJ Styles match, but they just don't see him that way no. anymore. No, we'll talk more about Finn in a bit. Mm. So, first match was Seth Rollins. <laughs> so, excuse me, my cough's still pretty bad. Uh, and Samoa Joe is meant to face him. But who should come down 
but Jason moaning Jordan. Little, all right, past the cheese, here comes the wine. Yes. Bloody whinging Jason Jordan. What a, what a brilliant character he is. He's so, so good. I can't believe that people aren't getting him. <laughs> They're being they're worked just like, by him. They're being worked. He's like, oh, he's so annoying. He's just—he's not a good character. And it's like, that's what he—that's what he is now. That's—that's that's his role. He's meant to annoy you. <coughs> I think he's doing it brilliantly. And the way Samoa Joe just played the uh, Jordan and Rollins off each other, because Rollins is like, nope, I want to face Joe because you know he's been a bit of a thorn in my side over recent weeks. And Jordan's there saying, oh, but come on, <laughs> Seth, please. I'm I'm a good wrestler, and it's like he is a good wrestler. So like you feel for him for that, but he he hasn't won a match though against any of these really good opponents. And they make that point on this episode, which I thought was a really really smart thing to do because they've always been they've been running this narrative that like he's had great showing against Roman Reigns, had great showing against uh, John Cena, had great showings like you know in the IC title match, and Mm. you're like yeah that's true, but he's never won anything. And I had a really, really lovely character detail yeah. for him that he's always, he's great wrestler, but cannot win. So uh, Jordan then pushed over Seth, a real like cheap shot, bitchy move, really. And Joe's like, you two should fight each other. The winner gets to fight me. Yes. And it's just like, Joe, you're amazing. You're a mob boss. The final boss, Joe, mm. uh, Samoa Joe. Loved yeah. this. Uh, so he's just playing them off against each other and he puts up his seat at ringside. The actual match... I and this happened twice on this show. I kind of phased out. Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit as well. And it wasn't like it wasn't a bad match at all. And I guess it's somewhat fresh. Jordan versus Rollins. It isn't Rollins versus Sheamus or Cesaro mm-hmm. for the upteenth uh, week in a row. But yeah, I just I didn't get it <coughs> into it as much as I thought. And it was I did have to go. Something would happen, and I was watching it. And everyone reacted to something. I'd be, what did I miss there? And I'd have to go back and, oh, I missed that spot. Yeah. It was a weird sort of glazed over way I watched this Yeah, match. I mean, I, there was some really good action in there. Mm. And I, I did enjoy it to, um, to a certain degree. Uh, Jordan's, I love his Northern Light suplex spot where he rolls through. I think that's <laughs> yes, really, that's really creative really and um, and stuff like that. Almost as good and as Alicia Fox. Almost as good, but not, but not quite. And, but yeah, it, I thought it was good. I thought mm. it was all right. Uh, so the finish was Seth Rollins kicking Joe, taking him out of ringside. And then Rollins, <coughs> excuse me again, got the win in the ring and Joe took both men out. Hitting his knee that I, I, a lot of people say it has got a name. The knee. But yet the commentators just go like, it's the spin out knee. Mm. It's He hit a knee. He hit his move. It's a shame because there are so many good names you could use for it. The chief amongst it being Kingslayer. Ooh, Kingslayer, which I haven't said in a while. No, you uh, haven't. So this led to a segment backstage where both Seth, well, Seth and Dean are saying to Kurt, come on, you know, give me, I want Joe tonight after what he pulled just then. And then the, you hear Jordan's voice slightly <laughs> off camera. But I, I want him as well. He beat up me too, Dad. <laughs> and it pans out a bit and there's Jordan there. And, and Dean, <coughs> Dean Ambrose makes a joke about him. Uh and yeah, that Kurt books a six-man tag for the main event. Yeah. So, question. Main event. Um. Tell me what you think about it. <laughs> it's like a Raw running on half a roster at the moment. Mm. Like, you had Finn Balor did double juicy. You had Seth and Jordan doing double juicy. It just really felt like Roman <coughs> wasn't there. I was I was watching. It was like, are we working with half and like half a roster here because we've got these very long matches. And we're having the same people out all the time. A lot of people missing from SmackDown as well. 
there is a, I guess one reason for it could be a lot of people are working Christmas Day, so maybe they gave a few people the days off, mm. and next week it will kind of be reversed. But what's weird is that I can't tell you who was missing from Raw other than Roman. Mm. Like what big stars our were truth. missing? Well, obviously our truth will be he's injured. Oh yeah, of course. And gold dust. Um, but yeah, what big stars are missing? Hmm. Maybe they just have a really small roster and you've never noticed. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Neville. 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 Was <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one. yeah, that was booked for later on. Then we had a Bray Wyatt promo. Uh, it, it exposed not having. I mean, I was. It was good that it didn't keep flipping between Bray and Woke and Matt Hardy because that's been done for two weeks and it was good, great the first week, kind of annoying the next. So thankfully they've learned and they've not done that again. Did they? Like this? Well, they didn't. What, what, they changed it up. What, hardly. Like this was still just two video packages. Just the they weren't intercut with each other. Well, yeah, so, but that was the most annoying thing. It was the intercutting with the transition playing every time. Granted, but like we both said last week, or I hope they do something new next week. They didn't. They just did the same thing, but they just split it across half the show. It wasn't a direct to camera promo that Matt cut. I thought this was a good way to start drip feeding the craziness of Matt Hardy's broken character. Mm. Uh, but we'll come on to that later. Yeah. Anyway, Bray's, I... Bray's promo was very... Uh, it was it was well delivered, but again, I kind of phased out. I've just written here, he says stuff. <coughs> he says stuff really well. Says, he's, do you know what he's really good at? He's so good at saying stuff. It's stuff good. Yeah. It's, it's not stuff bad. <laughs> he is, because he's a wonderful mm. promo, a fantastic promo, but it's just stuff. He just said that the great. I think he said at one point the Great War must end. And I was like, has it even begun? Mm. Uh, the, it's it's. We've just been conditioned to not take mm. anything he says. Uh, speaking of, were we speaking of Finn Balor? Yes, we were speaking we were. of him in the, in the opening segment. And that was I a said, while ago, in my I, head, we were just speaking about him. That's what Bray Wyatt does to me. <laughs> Start thinking about something else. And I said that we would talk <laughs> about Finn Balor because, oh man, why is Finn still feuding with jobbers? I can't... Okay, so it's holding. So the, it's like a, just a mid-card fodder thing. I... You say it's <coughs> mid-card. This, this feels like so lower lower card. This does seem to have started when Finn became quite trolly on social media about being over. You know, there was a cane squash before then, but then once he started talking about being over and not over, that's when he had another cane squash for no reason after that Jason Jordan match. And then he was put in this feud with the Miztourage. Mm. I, I, I would be surprised if they're not connected. Well, here's my thinking, and this has to be the only reason for this. <coughs> and I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sound like a completely broken record here. Mm-hmm. But what we're saving here is for the Miz to come back, and then Gallows and Anderson join Balor, Ooh. and then you have the Miztourage versus the Balor Club. That is the only reason I can think of. That that's why they're doing this. Mm. Because there has to be a reason why Finn Balor, Finn bloody Balor, keeps having competitive matches with comedy jobbers. Yeah, I guess that's uh, that would be a nice way to start building Balor back up. Intercontinental title oh, run. Good. Yes. Oh, he's not even... Miz wouldn't be... I just assumed Miz was the Intercontinental Champion. Not anymore, mate. He's so good with that belt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this actual match, after beating both Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas in previous weeks, he took on them both here in a handicap match. No real reason why this match was made. Well, he beat both of them in singles matches. Yeah, but in competitive singles the, matches. The the announcers didn't say, "Oh, Finn wanted to take them both on." Oh no, no, or not like that. that 
Dallas and Axel had managed to convince Kurt to do this. It was just like, here's a handicap match. And he was just... <coughs> Beaten from pillar to post mm. by comedy jobbers. Like, okay, so I've written here. This is embarrassing. You wouldn't treat the Bludgeon Brothers like this. If mm. the Bludgeon Brothers had this match, they would have absolutely destroyed them. If Braun Strowman had this match, he would have just completely ran through them. But with Balor, it's like no, they have to dominate for ninety percent of it. Yeah, it's it's so bad. It's no good, and he didn't end up more over. <laughs> Despite what he keeps capitalising yeah. on Twitter, and then it, and then embarrassingly, even further embarrassingly, DQ finish. I've written here. Are you effing kidding me? No, they're not. There's a DQ finish uh, when Dallas and Axel wouldn't stop beating Ballard down, and then they got disqualified. As a, a famous uh, internet critic would say, they were disqualified for kicking too much ass. Mm. And then Hideo Atami's music hit. To zero reaction, I would say. Yeah, and so he's, he's a baby face then mm, for the 205 brand. Yeah. I thought he would be. You know, if you're going to put him against Enzo, mm. which is the natural feud there at the top, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> uh, yeah, it was... It was Adeo Atami didn't look impressive. I, I felt like he was lacking something in the ring. And I've seen, like, really good Atami matches and really good Atami presence. And not just back in Noah or... Or in his first sort of NXT, or maybe even second NXT run. But this year, Hideo Itami's looked pretty good. I, I disagree slightly. I'd say that I thought Itami looked quite good. Oh. I'm, but I'm a big fan of, of, of his. And I, I, I liked it. I thought some of his kicks looked really nice. But again, this was a competitive match, which just like this, it just further brings Balor down. Because now he's having competitive matches alongside Cruiserweights, who are the lowest of the low, mm. and uh, Bowen Axel. So, like, Finn's just, he won't, at one point, challenge him for the Universal Championship to just comedy fodder. Yeah, it is, it's baffling how they couldn't see this would be a bad idea. I guess, like, in theory, I'm trying to justify their thinking, that Balor would give Atami the rub for his 205 Live debut the following night. So, you know, oh, I want to tune in next week because this is, like, Balor's mate. But what happened is that nobody, because there was no real build to Atami, like all the promo packages have been running on 205 Live not even Smackdown from what I can remember nothing's been said on Raw not many people, the casuals who go to these live events, watch the WWE Network or NXT, so then they just get this random guy in with not very good entrance music just boring boring black trunks, you know, nothing, nothing about him the only thing there which the crowd popped for was the go-to-sleep finisher. Absolutely. Like, oh, I know that move from CM Punk. Uh, but by then, that was too little too late. Mm. It was just Finn Balor is here with this guy who we know nothing about and hasn't isn't over in the slightest. Uh, yeah, really, really misjudged. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this. And I don't think it's a case of the Cruiserweights breaking out of their division and can wrestle elsewhere. It was just to promote the, the following night. Yeah. Uh, then we had backstage Rene Young and an interview with Cedric Alexander ahead of his uh, number one contenders match. What an awful promo. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <coughs> it was a promo. Cedric Alexander just, and we like Alexander, he just said the most generic WWE scripted promo. It's it's like a template. It's you Look in the dictionary and you'll see this promo next, a WWE scripted promo. Well, what I picture is that the writer's room that they had with their 27 writers, mm. they were like, oh, we've got, we're three minutes short on the runtime. Can someone do a Cedric promo for us before the Cruiserweight match? And one was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. 
opened up Word, started typing, little paperclip came up and said, it looks like you're trying to write looks like you're trying to write a WWE promo. Would you like some help with that? Mm. Yes, I would. Click that, and it just filled out the page for you. And it was like, insert, you know, change these names, and print. Well, you go learn that, kid. Artificial intelligence is going gonna, is gonna to ruin that writer's room. <laughs> Vince is going to realise that he doesn't need 27 people. Yeah. He just needs a Macintosh computer yeah, yeah. from 1987. Or, like that scene in The Simpsons when he's just got all of those monkeys on typewriters <laughs> smoking. Mm. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> So yeah, this was this was a bad promo. It's maybe it's because we we're watching Armageddon two thousand at the moment, mm. where all the promos, especially from the main event, are fire. Yeah, absolute fire. Really great stuff, and it's it really makes it stand out how bad the generic promos are these days mm-hmm. when people aren't given a bit of a leash. Uh, sorry, a bit a bit more freedom. Yes. like John Cena would get or Matt Hardy's getting. So this turned into a match of Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak for the number one contendership. I was looking forward to this because I like Alexander. I'm invested in Drew Gulak's character and storyline with the Zoe train. And the last three weeks have had three really quite good cruiserweight matches that got a lot of time. And they focused on the action. And it, they, I, I enjoyed that. That's how you should get the cruiserweight division over. But what we got was an okay, quite long match which Enzo talked over. I'll be honest, I can't remember a single thing about this match because I was so distracted mm. by Enzo. And what I will say is I, I found Enzo to be quite entertaining. <coughs> I thought he was very yeah. funny. He had some really great lines. And he's such a good talker. Mm-hmm. And But yeah, he 100% distracted from the match to the point where he was talking over Michael Cole and Corey Graves trying to do commentary because got to get your maximize your minutes you got to get your stuff in brother his best line being uh you know what's worse than getting cold for christmas and michael cole just walked straight into it not seeing where it was going he said what you know michael cole every monday every monday it's great stuff. uh that, that, that that's it enzo's a really good talker very engaging to listen to <laughs> but when you're on when you're a wrestler doing guest commentary you st- you shouldn't just talk about other things you should talk about the match as well and that's where it really distracted from it. Like if Enzo was talking about, oh, Gulak should do this, Gulak mm-hmm. should do that. Here's what I'd do in that situation. This is why this hurts. Giving a bit of proper experience colour to the action. But he didn't. He didn't do that. Day one bit that did make me chuckle, though, mm-hmm. was when um, Enzo, uh, Enzo Cedric hit a move. And then he pointed to uh, Enzo. And Enzo was like, why is he pointing? Who points nowadays? That's just rude. Mm. Uh, and before we should say we should probably mention the opening promo to this match where Enzo and Drew did a few bits and back and forth. Uh, Enzo <coughs> mentioned his smack talker Skywalker line mm-hmm. with Star Wars The Last Jedi out and Drew Gulak brilliantly said, I've always seen myself as Jar Jar Binks. Yes, great line. Very, very good trolling. Drew is spectacular he in this role really is and then Enzo uh, got a DM he got a booty call mm. from uh, from his new bae Nia Jax yeah. sorry man and um, he walked off um, he just got his phone and he walked away and do you know who was the most upset about this Corey Graves and I thought to myself didn't you used to do this a lot yeah good during, point during the Kurt Angle stuff didn't you mm. used to leave all the time that, Very hypocritical. Unfortunately, this distracted completely from Cedric Alexander winning. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he won. Yeah. So, <laughs> he there's, won. Uh, that's, I mean, that's your next feud. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Enzo Amore. 
but Enzo Amore literally walked away because he couldn't be, he's completely disinterested in this opponent, so why should we be interested? I know there's an argument that those stories can be told, the complacent champion, but uh, this is not telling that very well. And that storyline would work so much better if he hadn't already lost the championship once. Mm. Um, but this did turn into a very funny backstage segment mm-hmm. where Enzo is trying to flirt with Nia Jax. Nia Jax's flirting is is a bit... Like, Enzo's flirting is deep and you've got multiple bits where he's trying to be impressive, but it's, it's quite obvious that he's rubbish. Mm. Uh, I like Enzo's performance. Nia Jax, as much as I love her as a person, is sort of just put into this two-dimensional... Uh, smile. F- female interest yeah uh character she is, she is a smile which is, which is completely at odds with the rest of her character like why can't why can't you work her monster character into also having a romantic storyline with Enzo because now she's just completely changed she's just there smiling oh yeah that's really nice and like where where's this yeah and okay you tell the story that's the way she is with just Enzo well then tell that story as soon as Enzo walks away have Nia Jax turn round face drop sees like Alicia Fox and then just beat the hell out of Alicia yeah because what happened later on in the night Nia Jax came out full of piss and vinegar and mm. I'm like that's not the same person I saw earlier the, the, the two are very much at odds with each other mm. and I, I I thought the whole point of this was to keep her away from these sort of women segments because then you don't have that conflicting conflicting character. I I think maybe the Royal Rumble decision was actually only two like two one week ago I made. Would, I would say as well. And that's when they decided because that's like when they go, oh no, we should have all of the women's division get involved in these absolution segments rather than just the baby faces going against. I them. think that's a very good shout. Mm. And yeah, you know, Meltzer wrote in the Observer <coughs> that the talk of the Rumble backstage. They were talking as if it hadn't been green lit. Yeah. And that was two weeks ago. Mm. So, and you're right. So it was just before that um, that turn that you said. Anyway, we got uh, with Enzo flirting with Nia, which was good from uh, Enzo's performance. Drew Gulak then came in, uh, tissue up his nose because he got blooded up in the match. And he's just talking to Enzo like, I'm so sorry, man. I'll do better. I'd... And Enzo's like, hey, Ixnay on the Oxnay. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. But because he's completely cock blocking his uh, thing with Nijax. I thought that was very funny. I thought it was good. Enzo's performance was superb. Gulak's was superb. It's just unfortunate that they've uh, they've reduced Nijax to a love interest. It's like it's the worst possible. Th- if if a movie did that, they'd be crucified by the Bechdel test. If you don't know what the Bechdel test is, it's like a a measure. Uh, uh, a, a sort of what would you say a, a guide I would call it a <coughs> um, a pointless thing that turns female characters into check boxes rather than characters okay well it's it's that wasn't the most useful thing <laughs> that opens well, up I, a larger so debate the, the idea just being, a one liner the, yeah, be the idea being that a, a film should have two female characters two named female characters who have a conversation about something other than a man if a film doesn't have those three criteria then uh, it fails the Bechdel test but I think then it just turns people in, uh, turns women into uh, a box to be checked. I mean, the argument is that that would be better than just letting it continue on as how they are. I agree. Uh, but, you know, Transformers passes the Bechdel test, and that film is predominantly focused on um, Megan Fox's rear end, objectifying her, which goes against what the Bechdel test is supposed to where, be. Where, whereas Gravity and uh, Alien 3 would fail, although mm-hmm. they are quite empowering for women characters. But... Uh, yeah, I, I would argue those are exceptions rather than the rules. Let's not got into this now. Okay, next up we had Asuka beating Alicia Fox in about two minutes. Uh, 
What do you, you? You're a big Asker man. So sure what do you am. Think of this. I thought it was fun until Alicia Fox took over. Mm. Weird, isn't it, that Alicia Fox was allowed to get some offence, and, and it was only a two-minute match, and Asuka won quite comfortably. But first of all, why are they booking this again? We've seen this once, and then it was meant to happen last week, and now it's happened here. So that's like three weeks of Alicia Fox feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really cool on it, but for me, like this whole match again, I've I've forgotten the majority of it because I'm so focused on Booker T's commentary um, mm. uh, throughout this match, mm. where he was talking about undefeated streaks. Right. And he kept saying, Asuka, the problem with Asuka <laughs> is that because she's undefeated, she's going to start resting on her laurels. Like, she, you know, she needs to get her head into the game. And Michael Colin Corey goes like, she's never lost. Yeah. Like, she's perfect. She's doing quite well. Like, she's doing fine. She's like, I think Asuka's in trouble. I think she's doing quite all right, Booker, to be honest. He's just trying to find bits, <laughs> isn't he? So like, I'm going to make up my own narrative today. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to make up stories because they're clearly not. Um, so next up, we had the main event, really, that was Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus Samoa Joe, Cesaro and Sheamus, the one that Kurt Angle had made earlier in the night. So two people doing mm-hmm. double duty here in Rollins and Jordan. Uh, but yes, this was this the phasing out thing happened again for me. It might be the longest hot tag, the mm. longest and most uninteresting hot tag um, in WWE history. Yeah. Like it. I, I gr- I actually groaned when Seth went for the hot tag and they pulled Dean off the apron. I was like, "Oh, come on. Like, let's let's speed this up, lads. Let's get, not, to, yeah. skip to the end." All for a hope spot, but it was yeah, it was just completely uninspiring. And then when uh like when the the Dean Ambrose injury angle happened where he supposedly hurt his arm, uh I I did I missed it. Like all of a sudden the match finished. Ding 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 and I was like, "Wait, wait. Why are people talking like Dean's injured?" I had to go back and rewatch the last three minutes of the match to see what happened. And I was paying attention. I, should, I just phased out. Well, again. it's funny because they did the dive and then they kind of like played this up like there was this um, whole like confusion over the Ambrose injury, <laughs> which made me like, you know, thinking like, oh, oh dear, I think that was legit because Ambrose sold it really, really well mm. when he clashed into the, the barricade. Yeah. And the commentators were playing it up like, yeah, oh, it was man, like he, he really... was angry with yeah, himself like, rather com- than. Comments were going like, oh man, he's really got the ringside doctors came out. And then Seth just sort of looked confused. It was like, okay, what am I going to do next? He went in and I think he just got bro kicked and pinned. And I've written here, like, quick finish. I guess Dean's actually injured then. Mm. And then they did the, when they did the angle backstage, when the bar attacked him, I was like, uh, is it not an injury? Is it not a legit injury then? Because I don't think they'd put him in that kind of um, situation. Turns out he was injured before the day and they've just done this uh, storyline reason to, mm. to write him out. But actually, if that's the case, they did a bloody good job of it because it worked me. I thought it was a good injury angle. I like it when there's there's inventive ways to actually take out a body part. I really liked it when the Riot Squad took out Naomi the other week where she was underneath the steel steps. Love and they, that. They, so yeah. what's, what's that move? I keep forgetting what that move's called. Um, Not a monkey flip. No, it's um, catapult. Catapult, whatever it is. Yeah, catapult. catapult. Uh, I, yeah, so I like that. I like the way Dean's arm was was crushed between the two production boxes. Mm. It just looked visceral. Yeah, like uh, it. It feels like an old Southern wrestling way to, to work a story. Mm. Um, but yes, this might mean, uh, going by what WWE have said, uh, he's got a, a torn tricep tendon. So that's the tendon yeah. that sort of connects the tricep to the shoulder, apparently, at the back. And I couldn't really find any literature on how long it takes to recover. The closest I could find was... 
after surgery, you have four to six months of rehab. Yeah, that's what I, I Wrestling Observer posted <coughs> up today that it could be six months. Yeah. So that's a real shame that's, because that's out of, he's out of mania. Mm. And it's like a shield person gets out of mania every year. Usually it's Seth Rollins' job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's Dean Ambrose's turn. And it really felt like you were <coughs> building the bar up for something. Not the bar. You were building um, the shield up for something quite big mm. at mania as well. So well, uh, probably a Rollins Ambrose match. I thought. Oh yeah, probably that's where they were going to go. Yeah. So that's really disappointing for Dean. I'm quite. I'm quite sad for him. But where does this leave the tag division? Well, thankfully, we've got a couple of teams back now. Yeah, but all heels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, um, Rhino and Slater are baby faces. Yeah, but they wouldn't be a serious contender. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're but... heading we're heading for a storyline, mate. That's going to be the one that's <laughs> going to completely reinvent them. You know and... what I would do? What would you do? I would hurry up the Bray Wyatt-Matt Hardy storyline so they can become a team. Yeah, or, I mean, I was going to say, War Machine. War Machine, yep, that's just, a good shout. Just skip them through NXT and just put them straight onto the main roster. Or bring up someone from NXT. Mm. Although they're quite... Ah, Street Profits. That's, Street yeah. Profits. There you go. I've, I've already solved the problem for you, WWE. You can take that one to the bank. After that, we had Stephanie McMahon arriving backstage via a limo. Yep, which means that Ooh. we get to hear our entrance music at mm. some point. Yes. Uh, then Woken Matt Hardy's first, uh, turn to do a promo, not interspliced with Bray Wyatt's earlier. It was, it was all 100% unfiltered Hardy, and it was the most broken Matt Hardy promo yet in that... It started with him playing chess, and he's talking about the Great War, how it's like a chess battle. He's amassing, he's woken warriors, and he's talking to someone, and as the camera comes out, it's he's playing chess with a goldfish. And that goldfish is supposedly the reincarnation of Napoleon. I thought it was excellent. I really, really enjoyed this. So, just so weird. But you're not a... Yeah, walk us through what you thought. Well, I've, I've only written one <coughs> note here, which is, he talks nonsense. And that is pretty much my overall thoughts on the the, the Woken Hardy character. He ju- he just talks nonsense, random nonsense that I guess is supposed to be funny because it's so random, but um, it's just nonsense. See, I think I think you are, I think you you will like it because what sounds like nonsense now. I was exactly the same. I was like, this is ridiculous, and then. After a month or two on TNA and watching all the clips, I was like, this is really actually cool. Because what he's doing, he isn't talking nonsense, although it seems like it. And it isn't random for laughs. It's like he is building a mythology and a lore around this eternal universe of conflict. And in it is, there's reincarnation, there's uh, battles that have been going on for eternity. And he's, he's bringing the WWE into this by saying that Bray Wyatt is, is one of these eternal warriors, like another evil spirit that he must fight for eternity as well. And I, it's, it's really good stuff. That is... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Great in Dungeons and Dragons, it's just a bit wacky in in the world of professional mm. wrestling. It totally is. It totally is. And I was there with you last year, yeah, uh, year and a bit ago. But honestly, if you just if you if you just give yourself a bit to it, it's really rewarding. Well, okay. So what we said earlier about Bray Wyatt, we said Bray Wyatt is a great promo, but he just says stuff. And <coughs> that was Matt Hardy for me this week. Mm. Matt Hardy. Kind of, it was a very, very well delivered promo, but he died just a, in a wacky voice, and he said some stuff, and I thought this is nonsense. And then I, the only other note I've written here is that um, commentators really aren't helping this gimmick. No, and no, that's and a, that's a annoying. That's that to me, I think sums up all of uh, all the Woken Hardy stuff. I think it's nonsense. The commentators seem to think it's nonsense. It's about the only thing that me and Michael Cole agree on. Well, give it, give it time. Uh, yeah. yeah, just be be open. I would. I would. I'm so. I really want to be open about this. You have to be open for a while. You have to be (laughs) open, Luke Owen, not just woken. Okay. I'm willing to give this uh, a a chance. I didn't see the TNA stuff, so this is kind of like my first exposure, really, like in a full thing (coughs) to to the Woken Hardy stuff. It's not got off to the best of starts. Mm. I thought it's been a waste of three weeks. It's just. It's like when someone goes, "Man, you've got to watch." insert television show here I mean the first two seasons aren't that good it's The Wire what (laughs) why would you say The Wire because that's what everyone says but you're gonna like you say you've told me you should watch Arrow man Arrow's really good once you get 15 episodes in yeah absolutely The Wire is great from the get go that's not what I've been told what I've always been told is that The Wire is brilliant but you have to get through the first season and then it becomes really good. And then even then, second season's not that great. And I'm like, well, I haven't second got... season's the second best season. I was like, I haven't got time to wait, waste... Because there are like hour episodes. I haven't mm. got time to sit there and watch like 48 hours worth of stuff before something might get good. I disagree with everything you've been told about this. The well, that's fine. You... That's fine. That, that's what I've been told. The reason you have to watch uh, quite a bit of The Wire to get into it is because the dialect is so nuanced and it's hard to understand it's almost like you're watching a subtitled film I totally get that so you've got to just you, eventually it took me about four episodes you click into the way they speak yeah. and it becomes awesome but that doesn't mean the first four episodes aren't amazing and also to, uh, to 
uh, argue against the point you made earlier. Mm. I did say that you have to get through the first 15 um, episodes of Arrow before it actually gets good. But I wouldn't actually say, oh, I'd definitely sit down and watch okay. those first, first 15 episodes because Arrow is mediocre at best and then just nosedived off, nosedived off a cliff. Well, let's uh, go into teams that are already together rather than our fantasy booking <laughs> of Bray and uh, Matt. And that is the Revival's return. Yeah, the Revival of Bags. Yeah, well, well, you know, they've they've returned and you've kind of already slotted them into um, this this role where they're now feuding with the Jobbers as well. Mm. I guess that Slater and Rhino are going to get some sort of a storyline thing coming out of this. That's a good thing because I think Slater is such a good talent and I think Rhino's really great as well. But um, yeah, I thought this was a really odd return for the Revival because they didn't look good. Because, like, every time they tried to mount offense, Slater and Rhino overcame them and just continued to beat them mm. up. And they just looked really bad. And they won with one move. They won with the Shatter Machine. But that sort of came out of nowhere. And it almost felt like, God, they were lucky to, to hit that move because otherwise they would have lost this match. That, to me, especially if the direction you're going is, like, Slater and Rhino really need to sort themselves out because they're not very good. It makes the revival look even worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally agree. It's, just, it's WWE's really damaging... 2017 way of booking matches and that's the losing team takes 80% of the match the winning team takes 20% uh, so neither team really gets over Yeah. so everyone's still at the flattened level Um. I so when the revival were called up really exciting stuff love the revival they debuted in a big way and then out for injury for three, three months yeah. out for injury for another four months after they come back and management doesn't that doesn't really bode well for you uh, like, look at Sasha Banks. She's mm-hmm. never given a long title reign uh, because she's injury probably prone. considered to be injury prone. So th- I'm worried that they brought the revival back like this because they've already kind of given up on them. And they're like, this is... We just need bodies on the roster. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you're, re- just, you're just a Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yeah, it really wouldn't surprise me if, if that's the position we're going to be putting those into. Especially because... Like, also in this match, you cut backstage and you got Titus worldwide yes. scouting this out, and their jobbers as well. So really, you have you have cemented revival there into this kind of like jobber uh, <laughs> arena around here, where it's just along the teams that don't win. I don't use jobber as like the, the derogatory term that a lot of people seem to think it is. It's just they're the teams that always lose. Mm. It's not it's not derogatory. I did use it a little bit derogatory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Rhino, yes, you mentioned Rhino and Heath Slater afterwards walking backstage. Kurt Angle I can't comes up you to them. Over Titus worldwide. Well, with with Dana Brooks glasses. With Dana Brooks glasses, which you found quite fetching. <laughs> it's quite a fetching look. Uh, the yeah, Kurt Angle goes up to Slater and Rhino and says, "You've got to toughen up to survive in this division." Heath Slater gets very worried. What do you mean he's going to fire us? I've got kids, man. Really good line. And Rhino gets a gleam in his eye and he's like. I know just what to do. What I'm, I mean, I'm hoping training montages. I'm hoping they do training montages at the ECW Bingo Hall. Oh. Like, that's what I, I want them Heath, to. Like, you need to get extreme. That's it. I want him to go like, this is how I was brought up in this business. Whereas like, and so we're going to do like ECW style training stuff. Yeah. Bring back like the Sandman for a comedy segment. Bring back Sabu for comedy stuff. Like, I think that'd be really fun. That would be really fun. Why don't WWE like? <laughs> do more skits like sketches and skits and we they, know, they often get over and you know and they, we know they watch this show because they booked the Sami Zayn exactly. heel turn uh, so finally we had Elias coming out and uh, make himself the first entry into the Royal Rumble I suppose yep 
Yep. Yep, that's fine. He'll, yep. he'll be yep. movement. entrance number 14, and that'll be it. Or maybe he'll be number one. And oh, he'll what, sing, and a sing, a sing a song. Yeah, maybe he will. Or maybe, I mean, you've got to work a, in the, a that's song. That's the only thing you can do with him, really. Yeah. Or like if everyone's down and he walks down and he sings a song. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not a quick elimination for Elias, or maybe he will do. But anyway, he started to sing a song um, about the some probably the place they are in. That's what he usually does. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> and then Michael Cole became insufferable, mm. more became. more so than usual, because then Sasha Banks came down. Michael Cole, it's boss time. Got really excited because they're going to do a duet. And then Mickey James came. And he's like, she's a country and western singer. This is the best night of the. This is the best night of my life. They're all gonna sing. Mm. And then Bailey came down. He was like, oh, I don't know if she can sing, but this is amazing. This is so great. They're all gonna sing together. And then Elias just gets up and walks away. And I'm like, well, what was the point of all this? Yeah. Why was Elias there? Why didn't Elias just do this backstage? I I don't know. This led to nothing. I liked Elias's line about when the ladies came out he was like well it looks like the ladies want to walk with Elias I can see I can feel that yeah but do you know what I don't like about that is when they were standing there and go like mm. it's like yeah. no no if you're meant to be like you're meant to be strong characters beat him up because that's not a great line uh and I liked I also liked it when Elias was Bailey went to hug Elias and Corey screamed on commentary don't he's unwashed <laughs> and he walked past her and say and Bailey was just like and then she said the line I can't believe they caught this on camera she goes that happens a lot Mm. you poor love you poor poor love so then this turned into a six woman main event tag of Mickey James Bailey and Sasha Banks taking on Absolution was this match actually teased throughout the night or did it just happen no I think it was it was teased (coughs) yes it was teased I remember seeing a graphic for it uh, the match ended in DQ wasn't much of a match at all like people just kept disappearing like, you know, get knocked yeah. off. Say the same sort of stuff for the men's six-man tag. And uh, Absolution wouldn't stop the beatdown, so another DQ finish. Kicking too and much ass. then the whole women's locker room <laughs> came down to brawl. Well, funny. Well, actually, Nia Jax came out first. Nia came out first. And my first notice here is, like, Nia Jax is out. Pretty sure this should be Asuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as soon she... as you did it last week, <coughs> or you set that up last week, it should have been Asuka in this position. That's the story they've been telling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Nia Jax gave a double Samoan drop. That but was then cool. she got taken out by Paige. Then all of the women's division run down, just like they did last week. Yeah. Alexa Bliss, so the heels and the faces, uh, fa- fair enough, they're if, going for it. If only there was someone who could put an end to this madness. If only we had someone who could just stop all these women fighting and make them stand in a line and make them then chant yes and act like they're all best friends. If only we could have that. Luke, that's exactly what happened. And it was from our Lord and Saviour, Stephanie McMahon. Thank goodness for Stephanie. Thank goodness. So Stephanie McMahon's awful music hits. Uh, She walks down. The worst thing is that, you know, everyone's having an actual brawl. The music hits. They all stop and look. Fine, okay, because you kind of would stop and look, I suppose, if Stephanie's music hits. But then, like, do so, don't just then neatly assemble <laughs> into a hard cam facing line. Yeah, in perfectly for baby faces on one side and heels on the other. Yeah, and Nia Jax, whatever she is, in the middle, and <coughs> Stephanie walks down. It was just everyone looks so bad, like they were naughty school kids, and Stephanie, who's not like. Yeah, she's like she's intimidating, but she's not a wrestler. I, d- I can't tell that, tell that to Brie Bella. Mm. 
So, and then, like, Stephanie just came down and started to cut a promo. You know, like, you women have done so much stuff. You had the first ever WWE Championship match in the month of uh, December <laughs> in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, we had the first ever Women's Money in the Bank match. Fabulous Moolah. May Young. And May Young. Oh, just, like, all these buzzwords. And, you, and I'm sitting there going, like, yeah, that, but that's fair enough. Like, I guess <coughs> it is stupid that they've all arranged themselves like this, but I guess we're going to get an announcement. And then she did. We're going to have a Women's Royal Rumble match. And I was like, huh, that's that's pretty good. And then what should have happened? You know, because all the other stuff you don't really end with. It's, it's all about that lasting image. Big announcement, so kind of nullifies everything before. And then you want a good closing image. And the closing image I would have done is have both, or you know, all the women sort of square off to each other, being really angry and mean, because they're going to compete in a Royal Rumble match. Awesome. But they don't. They all start hugging and crying, and Stephanie McMahon says, now's a good time for a oh, yes she, chant. Yeah, let's lead the crowd, shall we? Because we were expecting someone to start already. Mm. So I better, I better tell you to do it now. And they all start doing the, <laughs> the yes chant. Uh, Steph- <coughs> Stephanie hugs Nia Jax. Uh, people are crying. Uh, yeah, it's they're offering up their babies. It's, <laughs> it was just so. It was it was so patronising, so cringy and hokey, yeah. so hokey. I've written here. This is really sort. This is really stalling storylines. Mm. And then my final note of the night. I've got Royal Rumble. Yes, F is stupid to see Absolution do this though. Mm. Like. You know, I loved your what you said then. They kind of like square off. They all look mean. They all look like the competitive because they all want to win the Royal Rumble. They want to be the first person to win the Royal Rumble. And then why didn't you have like a bit of a brawl? People being thrown over the top yeah. rope. Build to the. F- <laughs> build to the Rumble. <coughs> Naughty Luke. Naughty so, Luke. <laughs> do apologise. It's because I read. I, it, it's because I read it in my notes. You didn't say it though, did you? A little bit. That you said it a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'll, 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 I'll censor it. Okay, yeah. censor that. Uh, <laughs> or maybe you know Stephanie McMahon gets knocked over. Oh well, no. With but, in the in the ruckus. No, yeah, that's, that'd be her like getting involved might cause her some comeuppance. It's just, it yeah, it's really really stupid because, and if anyone's thinking, oh yeah, but it's a nice announcement, we're getting a Royal Rumble, it's all okay, and you you, you know you think, oh, it's progressive. So that overrides anything that happens. Is it really progressive? Because how would they have treated this, this if it was a men's a men's first thing? Would you seriously lead all these feuding men, heels and baby faces, in a yes chant and hug Vince McMahon or hug Shane McMahon and, you know, all get on nicely together? No, you wouldn't, because that is patronising. And what you've done is you've just you've treated the, the, the women's division like they are this, well done you, we're catching up with where we should have been about two decades ago. It's really, really just nasty because they're just trying to cover it up with more corporate speak. I completely 100% agree with you. I thought it was a very, very... It's a great announcement because, yep, I've been asking for a Women's Royal Rumble. I've been hoping we're going to get one all year long. I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be a really, really great match. and I'm, I'm, I'm more excited for that than I am for the, the Men's Rumble. And But... This was just the wrong way to do it. Like, surely a better way to do this would have had the characters decide Yeah. So they could be done through storyline reasons, rather than just Stephanie saying it was her idea. It's a SmackDown review, Magal, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. 
Smackdown opens with what I think is the best segment of the week in WWE. Uh, ooh. ooh. What did I say is the best segment? Bold claim right out there well, at the start. Um, is it better? Can I say that the tag match was a segment? Yeah. Then that was the best segment. I disagree. I think this is the best match or segment of the week, Raw and SmackDown. This was the best storyline creating segment because I thought this was pretty terrific. Mm. So Daniel Bryan comes out pretty smart. He's smartly dressed and he he sort of runs through the show. He does what Shane McMahon usually does, you know, getting the cheap pop and saying the name of the town. Didn't do a few feet shuffles, uh, but he, he... Definitely super baby faced it up, which is at odds with, you know, the sort of heel tease that he did at the end of Clash of Champions. Plugs the women's Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Make, we're hashtag making history. Announces the main event of uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton and AJ Styles. And then Shane comes out. Do you know what's funny about the um, the announcement of that main event? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of ties into later on in, in this promo. He announces it's going to be Kevin Owens. Boo. Sami Zayn. Boo. Jinder Mahal. Boo. So they booed Kevin and Sami. Later on, when they're talking about Kevin and Sami being fired, they boo that idea and yeah. cheer the fact that they weren't fired. I was like, you were just booing them a second ago, you fickle little... They tried. Uh, missing expletive there. Naughty Luke again. <laughs> Uh, I didn't say anything though. That they try, uh, they tried to play along, but then they realised, oh no, we like the more interestingly booked characters, <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless of whether they're heels or faces. So yeah, Shane comes out. He's uh, he's also doing the super baby face routine, despite Clash of Champions doing the feet shuffle, shaking hands at ringside with a few people. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised a baby wasn't offered, and he didn't. It was like proper full on presidential campaign stuff. Yeah, and then uh. And then Shane says, he sort of recaps what happened at Clash of Champions. What we just saw in a video package. Mm-hmm. Saying that he wanted uh, Owens and Sami Zayn gone. He, but he explained his actions, like his thinking behind it. Because when he saw them about to lose their jobs, when Randy Orton hit that RKO on Sami Zayn and he had the pin and Shane was counting, one, two, three, he was like, yes, I'm going to get rid of the people who headbutted my dad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get rid of the person who, you know, cost me the Hell in a Cell match and I had a very dangerous stunt. And, of course, most crucially, who cost Team SmackDown Survivor Series. Because they definitely did. And, uh... It was it was interesting stuff. I sort of felt for him then. I, I could see Shane's side. And I thought that Shane's performance was w- so much better than usual. Absolutely. I, to his credit, <laughs> I thought he was really good. I thought Brian was really great in his role. I thought yeah. Shane was very good in his role. But what I really loved about this segment, because you had this, but the actual ending of the segment felt like a really uneasy, awkward truce. Mm. Where it was just like, Shane essentially said to him, was like, if you're forming an alliance with Kevin and Sammy, just, you know, watch your back. And, like, Daniel Bryan kept saying, I didn't do this for Kevin and Sammy. I did this for SmackDown. I did this to save you from yourself. Mm. Also, apparently, the storyline is that Kevin Owens didn't push Daniel Bryan. He tripped. Um, oh. That, they said that's quite explicitly in the in the um, text, is that he tripped uh, into Shane. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, but he was like, I'm doing this to save you from you. I'm doing this to save the integrity of SmackDown Live, the vision that you and I had. But Shane can't see past that. All he sees is that you're definitely forming an alliance with them. You're going to stab me in the back, but they're also going to stab you in the back. Mm. So you need to watch out for that. And it was this really un- like awkward, uneasy, like it just, the segment felt like it ended abruptly, but that was all by design. 
I thought it was really, really well done. Really, really well done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the and, and after Shane said his, he was like, now I've explained what was going through my head, what was going through yours. And yeah, and in addition to all the stuff Daniel Bryan said, he also said, because this is the land of opportunity. That's what we wanted to create here. Yeah. That's why I agreed to be the general manager of SmackDown. But you're not giving everyone equal opportunity. You're giving it to the people you like. Yeah. And that was like such a killer line. And, but you can also, so that's totally justifiable, Daniel Bryan's motivation. But so Shane's. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Survivor Series thing is nonsense. But the Hell in a Cell and the Vince McMahon headbutt are definitely valid character motivations for Shane to want these people gone. It's like when the personal is conflict, the, the micro conflicted with the macro, the personal with the court, with like what's the right thing to do. Um, it's like, you know, I would say I would never murder anyone. Murder's wrong. But then if someone killed uh, like my dad or my, you know, a family member or loved one, I would probably try and kill them back. Yeah. Because rationality goes out the window. So it was really fascinating stuff. And Daniel Bryan is such a consistently told character. And that there was something weird about this Smackdown. And that was how much attention to continuity they had. And that, that, you know, the line about uh, Owens and Zayn will betray him. When Owens and Zayn talked to Brian backstage later, they mentioned his feud with Randy Orton, how Randy Orton used to be part of the authority, how they tried to break Brian down. And I was like, Brian has always... This, this desire to make things based on opportunity is at its root from Daniel's experience in WWE where the authority tried to get rid of him and he wasn't given the opportunity. Whereas if it was an equal playing field and everyone was pushed on a meritocracy, he would have gone up there. It's it's really, really good stuff. There is a great line in this promo when Shane McMahon says his piece about why he did the things he did, and Brian just kind of pauses and goes like, I've heard this before. What you're saying is this is best for business. Yes! And he's like, I don't want to see you, beca- I don't want to see Shane McMahon become Mr. McMahon. It was a really, really great, like, just great back and forth between the two. Mm. I thought this was a really great segment. And Money some, line, man. Some really, like, great nuances in there, like, <coughs> as you just said then. I loved it. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this. I just like it when... it's This is Shades of Grey in the best possible way, where you can see both sides mm-hmm. of the argument. And, yeah, really good. Um, but, whoa, the Bella Twins YouTube channel has just passed 1 million subscribers. So, I mean, we're coming for you. Brilliant. We're Brilliant. coming for you, Bellas. Well done, Bellas. I'm sure that's quality content you've put in there. <laughs> it is. It's good for the Daniel Bryan stuff. Oh, yeah. Where he's just like, yeah, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to wrestle. Here, Here's me taking some bumps. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had the Usos beaten. By Shelton Benjamin and Say it, Sh- no Shelton Benjamin Thank you very much. and Chad Gable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usos dominated early, but um there was a spot in this match that I l- and I almost I popped I out of my know, seat. I think I know and it was when one of the Usos was gonna do a tope and <coughs> Shelton Benjamin out of nowhere, boom, a high knee. Like just took him out the took him out of the air. I was like, that's amazing. Mm. Like, that's the sort of thing you should have saved for pay-per-view because that was a really yeah. great spot. He's like, he, yeah, he, he jumped one leg up onto the apron and then just clobbered his knee. He looked like a superhero. It was amazing. Um, it really, it, uh, Shades of Kenny Omega's knee. Mm. You know, when he does the running knee into yeah. wherever, really, and he just <laughs> launches himself into, into the them. stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really, really good. Um, there was a really great near fall from, like, there was a bit of a confusion, and then one of the Usos tried to do a splash, but Gable got the knees up, and you're like, I, I, I bought into it as a finish, but the mm. other Uso broke up. I thought it was some really great stuff in this. It was, it was a, 
it was a good match. Good and that, a good TV match. And that was a good spot. Uh, but overall, I, like my feeling was, oh, this again. You know, we've just had that four-way where mm-hmm. I thought that might reset the tag division, some new feuds. Really, you want to go with Rusev Day. I know they had some good stuff later on, but why are we going back to the feud from the last month mm-hmm. where we've seen this match in multiple combinations loads of times? It's just it's just going to be this through to the Rumble again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, uh, that I will agree with you, I think, is a bit of a downside of this. However, uh, Gable hit some really nice Chaos Theory suplexes. Yeah. So yeah it's, all is forgiven. Uh, yeah, that is that is a good uh, response. <laughs> uh, but the, and, and again, this was this was a commercial break-heavy match where all yeah, the good... Or, or, not all the good stuff, but it, it was really only like a minute of opening and then the five-minute exciting finish. Mm-hmm. So... I'm worried that it's going to condition audiences to only enjoy the, the five minutes of finish and people are well, going to be quiet. I think that happens regardless. Yeah, that I, th- I think that's already happened. So, um, yeah, but, I, you know, I thought it was a good TV match. Next up we had, and, and it'll probably be, you know, they beat the champions, they get a title shot. Uh, a Women's Royal Rumble video package recapping the, I think it's about time we did a yes chant. And Charlotte did a promo uh, thanking the fans for the women's Royal Rumble Yeah, match. this was not a great promo. No. No, and then Naomi came out and also cut not a great promo. She's not a good promo, is she? No. I mean, I, I think she sounds more natural than some. I mean, uh, let, let, me, let me put it this way. Let me put some positive on this. She cuts a better promo than Sarah Logan. Mm. I've said, <laughs> oh, man, with the gay meat. You ever tried? <laughs> It's a vegan, you div. Mm. Um, but I didn't think naming was, was particularly great. Although Chickenhead managed to get over, which I don't think anyone was expecting because it mm. wasn't in the script, because they broke character and laughed. Uh, that, not the only time someone breaks character and laughs in this show. No. Do, you know, do you know the other one? No. Oh, we'll come on to it later. It's really, really good. Uh, so this turned into a tag match with uh, Ruby Wright and Sarah Logan because Liv Morgan can't wrestle yet. Uh, it was a tag match. I'm going to get a lot of heat for that. <laughs> I hope the lad that kept having a go at me for saying it comes after you now. Uh, so, yeah, but, and this was a very short match. Mm. And Naomi pinned Sarah Logan clean. Yeah. Uh, and they also botched their hot tag as well. Because mm. I think that Sarah Logan was meant to pull her back while she was reaching, but she reached too far and she actually tagged Charlotte. So while they were building, they, they didn't even start the build to a hot tag. They just did it, and then the crowd weren't ready to kind of react to it. So there was no reaction when she got in the ring. Mm. It was a bit messy. But to your point, uh, I actually said this in the SmackDown review, that there's always, there's been this criticism that Absolution and the Riot Squad are basically just a carbon copy of each other. But now there's one key difference. WWE are protecting Absolution, and they've given up on the Riot Squad. Um, there's Yeah, I guess so, but... At the same time, you also had the ab- absolution doing the yes chant with everyone in the ring, so they're a bit weakened in my eyes as well. Yeah, but that'll be forgotten about by next week I in WWE's so. eyes, anyway. But it's... like, I feel like them in matches mm. they've been having, they've had like DQ finishes yeah. or they've won. They have been very well protected from you know from anything they've done. They've always got the advantage because they've got the the numbers. But the Riot Squad, it was just like, yeah, now you just lost now. It was like they had that one promo spot, and I think now they're just, now nah, we're giving up on them. It's a shame, because I thought the Riot Squad was the more interesting of the two, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, This was so this was a bad match with a potentially very damaging result. Bad booking. Yeah, I, I, this was not good. Next up, however, we did have some good stuff. Some festive, flippant fun. 
I uh, laughed so much throughout this. New Day walking around backstage dressed as... A gingerbread man, yeah. a reindeer and an elf. Thank you. And they're handing out pancakes because that's their thing at the moment. And they are confronted by Rusev Claus <laughs> and Snowman English, who are also dressed up. And uh, Rusev's like, I'm going to give people what they really want. Unfolds the shirt. A happy Rusev Day t-shirt. Rusev looks... <laughs> Rusev looks so happy in this role. He makes me happy. It doesn't because he's just got this huge smile on his mm. face, particularly when Aiden English is singing. I, he just looks like he's having a ball. Like this is the best time he has had in quite some time in WWE, and he's loving this gimmick. And it's just—it's so wonderful. Who could have like we were, we were talking about crazy predictions the other day? You know, two three years ago when Rusev is this Bulgarian brute killer, especially down in NXT. Who would have thought that he'd be this super over baby face with a a winning smile? Yeah, he's still a heel. Yeah, I mean, I can't see that holding for <laughs> it's long. It's not going to hold for long, but they are still heels for the time mm. being. But this was—I thought this was so funny. Mm. I laughed. It a was lot. very. Funny. I laughed a lot during this. Well, you've got you've got five very talented, funny people in them. New mm. Day are very funny when they're not uh, ramped up to eleven, and Rusev. Has bants, I believe people say. <laughs> yep. And Aiden English is no slouch with no. comedy. Guy was great. <coughs> this was really and, great. And when, when Rusev got the t shirts out, he stamped on the pancakes. <laughs> I got me as well. <laughs> Threw a pancake as well and just kept stamping on it. It was yeah. really great. So this got Biggie very angry. Yeah. And Ooh. this was a very quoted line <coughs> in a lot of the reviews I read You dumb flipped the wrong jack, sucker. <laughs> How awesome. So this was setting up the. Uh, the match later on yeah uh so but then we got like one of the most interesting intriguing segments of the week mm. where Dolph Ziggler comes out and he's this is his US title celebration he's still got the gimmick where the music goes with the record scratch which means they play. definitely messed it up a couple of weeks ago when they played <coughs> mm. this whole entrance theme and he he's like here is you know this is my first title reign I've actually won it here and he showed a clip of when he beat Kofi at Capital Punishment. Your favourite. Yeah, what a brilliant name for a pay-per-view. Yeah, they realised that um, mistake eventually. Ran through all five of his Intercontinental title reigns. His... All of which happened mostly in one year. Yeah, yeah, 20... Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. 2013? 2013 or 2014. Yeah. Uh, last year's Intercontinental title win, which was really good. That was when he had that career versus title match against The Miz. Uh, really into that. The 2012 win... Uh, at Money in the Bank and then the cash in the Raw After Mania in 2013 it was almost like he heard your comments about <laughs> Dolph Ziggler never never accomplishing anything in WWE and structured the first half of his promo around it well if he did watch <coughs> that and structure the first half of his promo around it I think it just proves my point because all it showed was just that look at all I've accomplished nothing I've won some titles, I've then lost them, and I've been in the exact same position the entire time. I've never been elevated, I've never gotten to a main event level, I'm just, I've just been in walking mode for the entirety of my WWE run, apart from when I was in the Spirit Squad, when I actually was in main events. I think you're being very unfair there, because he has accomplished something, and those, those are moments, and several of those moments I, I hold very dear. Yes, but you, of all people, are one, uh, someone who was all about, it's not about moments. Oh, but some of those are at the ends of really good storylines. Such as? The John Cena, AJ Styles, no, sorry, John Cena, AJ Lee, Biggie ladder match where AJ Lee turns and sides with Dolph. 
wins the title there. Uh, the Miz storyline that was built one. into that the was one. title. Uh, the I said in my review is this is the most interesting <coughs> he's been since um, the summer of 2016. Mm. So anyway, he does this and he he runs off all these accomplishments and then he says, "But you know, you crowd are rubbish. You don't deserve me." So. You know, bye. I'm off. He laid the US title down that he just won the night before and walked off. Fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting to see where this is going to go. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, um, Dolph Ziggler out of WWE? No, I'm kidding. Mm. Um, no, I'd like to see this become a... I mean, I don't know where this can go because you got to want... Like, is he laying down that title because he's like, well, I deserve bigger and better. I want to go for the WWE Championship and have a bit of a main event run there. Ziggler Styles feud. Yeah, Ziggler Styles feud, maybe. It's a Royal Rumble match. Yep, when championship matches don't mean that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, may- maybe that's where you're going to go. But I, I, I thought this was actually quite intriguing. <coughs> well, that's it. I don't know where they're going to go either. And yeah. I, I, I hope they've got something good. Uh, it's definitely, definitely intriguing. Um, next up, this, we had this was much better than him uh, doing entrances. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Daniel Bryan backstage, and Sammy and Kevin Owens give him a champagne bottle. Uh, they're like, "Thank you so much for your Clash of Champions stuff," which was, that that was fun. But they could have done so much more for this. So, like, just that, just two ideas, Luke. A little touch. That shame, that champagne bottle could have been in like a crappy blue plastic bag. Mm-hmm. So it could have been, you know, they build it up as a big thing, sort of teasing that they are nasty people, or they they hold a full on Daniel Bryan celebration oh, in the ring. Yeah, maybe they'll do that next week. Daniel Bryan, this is your life, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't work with Bliss and Bailey, but those three could definitely make it work. Yeah. Uh, Festival of Daniel Bryan, play off the Festival of Friendship, bring oh, back Magic the great Magician. Ideas. It's just like there was so much there, and they didn't. They it was just one little backstage skit. Yeah, no, no. Oh well, for now, mm. maybe they're going to do something big. Well, they probably won't. Well, but, but this maybe... is off the pay per view, so now's the time to. Yeah, to do but it. like the way that the <coughs> segment ended was just that like, Daniel Bryan said another great like mm. moment based on the the promo at the start, which is when um, Shane was like, you know. If you're forming an alliance, they'll stab you in the back. He's not forming an alliance. He flat, he flat out told them, if you two don't stop gloating, I will fire you. Mm. So maybe it's like, they need to be like, well, we need to get Daniel Bryan on our side. Now we're going to hold like the, the Daniel Bryan celebration. That could work, yeah. I suppose. Uh, but this is where they pointed out the Randy Orton stuff in the authority feud. Like, oh, you, you pinned, you did the fast count for Orton because you hate him from all those years ago, yeah. right? Uh, so that was really, really good stuff. And also KO saying, yep, after <laughs> everything Sammy pointed out. Yeah. The yep movement lives. And Daniel Bryan doesn't drink, so he handed the champagne back. Next up, we should, do you want to do this one? Because <laughs> you loved it. I <coughs> loved, this is my match of the week. Absolutely. Match of the, it's a shame we've done the 10 best matches in I nearly said this in my review. It's such a shame because this was, so, I had so much fun watching this match. Mm. It was uh, the New Day versus Rusev Day in a Christmas comedy spectacle where you've got them all in these crazy costumes and you've got Kofi doing you can't catch me I'm the gingerbread man and you've got Woods on the outside shouting you can't catch him you can't catch him he's the gingerbread man but they're still chasing after him you had uh, them knocking Rusev and English out the ring and getting Santa's sack which wasn't full of Rusev Day t-shirts it was full of New Day t-shirts and Rusev's pants that have Rusev Day written on mm. them. 
in just, just pen. Just like a wonderful, goofy comedy yeah. stuff. I mean, I, although I have written here, pure comedy, this is gold. And But it built up to the big high spot of the match. The cherry on top, you would say. <laughs> Maybe you would. The big high spot of the match is when they had the big plate of pancakes at ringside on the uh, the announcer's table. They, which they cleared. They cleared the announcer's <laughs> table like they're going to put someone through I thought through they it. were going to put them through the pancakes <laughs> or put the pancakes through the table. Yeah. But they laid it on the table <coughs> and then they got this whipped cream out and you've got Rusev standing there going like, put the whipped cream on! More! More! Put all the cream on! And he's just like there, just like spinning all mm-hmm. this whipped cream on and then he stands back and Rusev dramatically, because it was so good because the commentators got like, cherries! Of course you put cherry on there! Just the one. It was a big yeah. dramatic drop down. It was like, that's just the one. And then they tried to put Xavier Woods into the whipped cream pancakes. But Xavier Woods fought valiantly back and they knocked off they knocked out Rusev and then they hit a flapjack into the flapjacks. Mm. This was wonderful. And Aiden English is selling. He had the whipped cream all over his face. And then they threw him back in the ring, hit a big diving elbow. One, two, three. This was this was awesome. This was yeah. so great. It was really fun. It's it's weird how what works and what doesn't. Like because I I really really enjoyed 2016's Fourth of July episode of Raw from top to bottom, and that was the one where Kevin Owens got the pie in the face. Uh, actually, was that no? That was that was Raw, um, and a lot of people were like, "What are you talking about? This was awful. A throwaway episode where nothing happened." I was like, "But I had so much fun." In awe, you know, <laughs> what, what didn't go that high, but uh, <coughs> comedy wrestling it doesn't have to further stuff every week, and, and this was a real good example of that as well. However, like you see the flip side where it can go wrong. I'm thinking, the was it the uh, the, the Halloween the match trick or with treat the club, street fight, the trick or street fight, uh, from Raw? That's this exactly year. the first thing I thought of then when you said sometimes this can't go right, mm. and, I, and they did it twice the, the trick or street fight with Gallows and Anderson. And both years, it has been an absolute disaster. Yeah. However, this, ab- I think when you've got the right people doing mm. it, and you had the new- wacky, wacky New Day and wacky, wacky Rusev Day, this was just, oh, it was, mwah, and the, loved it. The crowd are so willing to buy everything yeah. that Rusev does right now uh, that that helped a lot. Like, they weren't Because they just want to cheer him. Yeah. They just want to chant Rusev Day. No one was booing it. Everyone was, like, really into all the big yeah. spots that they did. And when the, uh, Xavier Woods did his big diving elbow, Byron Saxton said, a reindeer can fly. Yeah. Oh, like, just the, even the costumes they picked out were right. Mm. So, uh, Oh, and, and Corey Graves kept making elf jokes. He kept saying lines from Elf. Oh, did he? Yeah, there was a point when they were they were talking about the pancake stuff, and he was like, "That's because Rusev Day know all the core the the four main food groups: can, um, candy, candy canes, syrup. I can't remember the fourth one. Brilliant. And then at the end of it, like the match was over, and Corey goes randomly out of nowhere, goes like, "Good news, I saw a dog." <laughs> Just so, so good. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the only thing I would change is, <gasps> I know, is after Aiden English's. Uh, Face Buster or Flapjack into the Flapjack is Rusev just then murders someone in the ring and picks up the win. Because I think Rusev Day is the. I know this is going to be forgotten about. Oh, I was but... going to say this is this was a comedy <coughs> match, and as a comedy match, the baby faces should win. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so this is the other corpse, right? Oh yeah. So obviously, so much fun was being had by all uh, down there in the ring, and Tom Phillips is thrown to the 
the Total Divas Maurice vegetarian <laughs> clip again that we'd already seen on Raw. And as he's building up... I skipped it both times. Oh, did you? Well, you missed this bit then. Because as Tom as Tom Phillips is looking at the camera and saying, well, you know, we've got The Miz and he's eating steak and boring stuff. Corey is standing there smiling at something off camera and looking looking at the camera and then looking behind the camera. And then he mouths, don't do it. <laughs> and then you can see, like, one of the New Day with a pancake, like, threatening to throw it in his face. And then it cuts straight to the clip. But Corey is trying so hard not to break. I'll show it to you oh, after. that's it's, so great. It's really funny. Um, and then we had the main event of Randy, Shinsuke, AJ versus Jinder, KO and Sammy. Uh, <coughs> it was similar. It was like... a. A throwaway thing where the baby faces won. It just didn't have all of the fun. What this was, this was a house show main event. Mm. It was all the big stars are in the ring together. The heels dominate and then the baby faces make a comeback. They hit all their trademark spots and they win. And the crowd goes home happy. You're yeah. right, completely throwaway stuff. <coughs> I thought it was fun, it was fine, but man, it was nowhere near as good as the, um, the the Rusev Day match. But it was a perfectly fine main event. It was fun and it was fine, but was it what you needed uh, coming off the back of a, a pay-per-view where there's intrigue in this story? No, but... Um, where the heels... Yeah. Well, I was expecting something at the end. Mm. I was kind of waiting for them to cut backstage to a Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon thing. Or something with Kevin and Sammy, but they didn't. They re- like this felt like this show was meant to be next week. Mm. When you're on this, you're on the the Boxing Day week, or when you're on the it's Christmas be Boxing even Day. more throwaway, well, even more throwaway. But this is what it, that's what it felt like. It felt like that sometimes they had to do this stuff here because you can't do Christmas stuff on Boxing Day, mm. so you had to do it here. I guess so. But uh, uh, yeah, by the way, I thought the main event was quite good. I it was enjoyable wrestling. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I liked how Sammy high five Jinder on the way down. Jinder yeah. had the big grin on his face. I thought. Forgot I wanted you to be a baby face. You'll be a good baby face eventually. Uh, Nakamura and Zayn in the ring is just magic. Christmas. Love watching them both. Yep. Uh, Nakamura's armbar transition is equally a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, <coughs> where's the cliffhangers? It's like SmackDown has forgotten how to do cliffhangers. What they do is they end and then they've got about three minutes of people celebrating and replays. Yeah. Which is which isn't the most engaging thing to make me want to tune in next week. It provides too much resolution. And fine, you can do that, you know, here and there, but don't make that the pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. <laughs> the rest of Talk News. What about you, Luke? I mean, do you really need to ask? Probably Raw, right? Oh, well, obviously, yeah. It was all for that Finn Balor stuff. Mm. No, no, of course, it is SmackDown this week. I thought SmackDown was a hell of a lot of fun. Also with some great intrigue from the Dolph Ziggler stuff and the, the Brian and Shane stuff. But that tag match, man, I had such a blast watching it. I'm going to watch it again. I mm. enjoyed it that much. And I'm very, and in fact, I never rewatch stuff that's been on Raw and SmackDown. But I'm definitely going to rewatch that again. It's, I always think you need three like really good segments to make a, a good, like a, a solidly average episode. Um, nearly almost four out of five. And yeah, it had the opening Brian and Shane segment. That Dolph Ziggler thing is really interesting. And that. The tag match was really fun. Yeah. And Rusev Day's super over. But because I'm so full of festive cheer, mm. I, I had to go. Like, they made me even more excited for Christmas. Whereas Raw, the, it felt a bit repetitive. The matches were long. Uh, the good stuff felt few and far between. And the big announcement to end on was uh, really misjudged. Yeah, really misjudged. A good announcement, terribly delivered. 100% the exact way to put it. Without yes. swearing. Uh, yes, <laughs> 
Naughty Luke. A lot of ups and downs in that show. Downs when I was very much down on Matt Hardy, but up when I was talking about Rusev Day and the brilliance of Christmas. I think you'll get on board with Matt eventually. Uh, as I said in the review, plus you are a collector of liking intentionally rubbish things. I am. I very. I should have said this in the episode. I love intentionally mm. crap things. Which is or unintent. I guess the best ones are unintentionally crap. Like the room. Yeah, but you also like uh, sort of planned nostalgic crap as well. Such as. Well, I, I. You'll probably hate me for this, but I wasn't really into the Rocket Boy or whatever it was called. Rocket that Boy. Film you lent me set in the eighties with the skaters. Rocket films. And the 80s they with had the some really cool gore scenes where someone's intestine. Oh, Turbo Kids. Turbo Rocket Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Kid's awesome! Kid. What a brilliant film that is! Yeah. Oh, mate. And it's not on skates, they're on BMXs. Mm. Uh, but anyway, The Broomhead. Let's get into some iTunes reviews. The underscore Broomhead, my mistake, writes Time Saver. They watch Raw and Smackdown, so I don't have to. You're right, Broomhead, we do. <coughs> Every single week, I'm up at half past five to watch these Cheers, shows. Yes, Broomhead. Uh, and Crap Gimmicks Inc. That's right, someone has named their iTunes account after the Crap Gimmicks roster, Jibber Jabber Ramble. These guys are awesome and down to earth. They make you feel welcome by just talking about general nonsense, which usually ends up in me laughing. They also talk a lot of sense when it comes to wrestling. But the one thing they can't do is sing. Strong disagree. I'm looking at you, Davis. Totally worth the five stars and anyone's time. Keep it up, boys. Well, thank, thank you, you very much. Gimmicks and one out of one listeners found this review very helpful. I've never seen that before. No, it's the first one that I think that we've come across. Wow. Has someone read your review, Crap Gimmicks Inc., and found it helpful? Or did he read his own one and find it helpful? I think that's probably more likely, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you. Obviously disagree with the singing comments. Mm. That's all we've got time for today. We'll be back on Saturday with like a news show. And then on Monday with a Crimbo special. Oh, lovely stuff. Presents are going to be given. You get to hear us <coughs> opening presents in an audio medium. Yeah, we usually take out the unboxing <laughs> because it doesn't work well in an audio medium. But we're just going to... We don't care this time. That's because we're going to be drinking this time. Mm. I think you, we can like... We'll have to we'll do some foley. Yeah, well, obviously, you, you crumple yeah, up the... Crumple uh, the oh, you get, you'll hear all that, and that'd be mm, great to listen to. And the slurps of the mulled wine. Mm. Are we doing mulled wine? Well, what what did you have in mind? Well, I was thinking of just getting some beers in, but some actual wine. Oh, no, I, I think, you know, mulled wine in the microwave is not too bad. In the microwave? Yeah, to heat it up. You want it hot. Well, obviously, I know you want it hot, but can you do it in a microwave? My lady partner does. Really now? Yeah, but wow. she's got a problem. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> Uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.